Are you new to investing, wondering whether or not you can self-manage your properties? Let us tell you about RentReady. RentReady is a really awesome property management software that can help you grow and handle every aspect of your real estate business. Rent collection, tenant screening, maintenance, lease signing, listing. Honestly, it has everything. Yeah, how long do you think we've been using RentReady for ourselves? About five months. Yeah, about five months. It's been awesome. We do use their push notification system to send notifications to tenants. We collect rent from our tenants right through the app. And we're actually about to use their new feature, their 24-7 maintenance software called Latchel. And a Latchel will allow you to remove yourself as the landlord, as the middleman between your tenants and maintenance calls. So the tenants can directly call a maintenance line and they will dispatch contractors right to the property. We should also mention that RentReady is unlimited. All their plans are flat price. This essentially means you can keep adding properties to your portfolio without having to pay more. You can close on all the properties you want and RentReady's price stays the same. The best part is RentReady has given us an amazing deal to pass on to our weekly Juice listeners. You guys, everyone listening, can get 50% off a RentReady plan at RentReady.com when you use our code JUICEPOD. That's R-E-N-T-R-E-D-I.com with code JUICEPOD. J-U-I-C-E-P-O-D at rentready.com and you can get 50% off any plan. If this is your first time here, welcome. During our shows, we interview successful entrepreneurs and investors to spread knowledge, advice, and actionable tactics to help others in the pursuit of financial freedom. We discuss successes, failures, systems, motivations, experiences, and key lessons learned along the way in the hopes that these stories help you along your journey. Tune in every Wednesday to get your weekly juice. If you've been here before and like what you've been hearing, please subscribe, share with friends, rate and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That goes an extremely long way for us. It's simple. Just click on your podcast app, type in our podcast name, The Weekly Juice, click on the reviews and let us know what you think. The more ratings we get, the more eyes we'll get in our show and in turn, we'll be able to provide you all with high quality guests. You can also find us on Instagram at Weekly Juice Pod for daily content and personal finance tips to assist in your journey towards financial freedom. Welcome back to the Weekly Juice. As always, Ryan and Corey here with another episode for you. Today we have on special guest, Mike Tucker. Yeah, Mike and I grew up together. We went to the same high school. So we thought this was a cool episode to have on. We kind of did like a house hacking case study episode where Mike's actually a head strength and conditioning coach at a local division one school for their football team. So full time he does coaching and he has a side gig where he does like private privatized coaching for, um, you know, strength and conditioning for just like people in general that want to get in shape and, and kind of like change their physique. But he kind of got bit by the real estate investing bug and he's been, he's a juicer. He's been following us and listening to our content. And it kind of, you know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it inspired him to, to, to take action. And he just closed on his first property, which is a house hack. He's all this money saved up and he used it. He put it to work and he, he's making it work for him. And, uh, he walks through all the numbers. He tells people exactly what he did to get involved. And it's like a little case study for people who are either just jumping in, maybe on the first, second, third, but it's, uh, I think there's valuable information across the entire episode for people that, that, uh, just want to learn about getting, getting started. Couldn't agree more. It was an awesome episode. We started talking philosophy at the end and got into real life stuff. So we had a blast and I think we should uh, welcome Mike in. Let's go. All right, Mike, <laughs> officially welcome to the Weekly Juice Podcast. Corey and I are stoked to have you on here. Special guest today, we're going to talk a little bit about house hacking and you're going to be our our case study to show people how you know an everyday guy can can get into real estate. So if you could... Give us a little intro, background on you, who you are, where you're from, and then how you dove into real estate. Yeah, guys, appreciate you having me on. I'm definitely a uh, juicer myself, so I think you guys put out a great product, so it's pretty cool to be on myself. Um, as the where I'm from, I'm from Downingtown, Pennsylvania, right where uh, right where Corey's from. So we grew up together, so that's pretty cool. Um, and we can kind of dive into network later, but um, I've kind of coached all around the country um, and found roots at a local college right near my hometown. So it's been a blessing in disguise to come back and kind of be able to reconnect within my network. Um, and allowing that also allows me to reconnect with you guys. And that kind of kicked off my real estate journey, um, in, in all honesty, and especially when COVID hit, 
initially that kind of gave me time away from the job and allowed me to dive deep into research and readings. And then, uh, like I mentioned, talking to different people and, and that's what got me started in real estate, I guess. Can you talk about how you leverage your skill set into a side hustle and then the evolution of that into, Hey, I have X amount of money saved. Now I'm going to go the house hacking route to save even more money and essentially buy myself a little bit more income. Yeah. So with the COVID pandemic, obviously, and I think you guys have used the analogy, like thinking of your income, like a table, right. And having four, four legs to stand on at least. So the more streams, the better. So, you know, the W2 is great for everybody, no matter what your role as a bank or an analyst, like any role that you're in, but COVID is kind of like open everybody's eyes. Like I'm very expendable to my company, right? Whatever company that is like to you, it's your job and your baby to them. You are a number in that, in that uh, business. So you're very expendable and a lot of people unfortunately were laid off. So how can you build other streams of income? Um, so the one stream could be the real estate. The one stream could be stocks. The one stream could be your side hustle. So for me, it was saying, okay, like you said, utilize my skill set and try and uh, build up a client base on the side in order to, you know, have a subsidized income, you know, an hour or two a day doesn't hurt, you know, doing online consulting doesn't hurt. So you build up these streams of income and just like with house hacking or stocks, like, Hey, one client doesn't do a lot for me, but one client tells a second client, second client tells a third client, like you start to slowly build and, you know, all the streams of revenue, whether it's stocks or real estate or the coaching, they're all going to culminate as long as you keep working at it. So that's kind of my mindset on the different streams of income. And because of the fact that you had lived at, at home to try to save money up until now, you've actually been able to build that side hustle to a point where you haven't even spent any money from your salary. Is that correct? So the last couple months during COVID, yeah, I was able to build it up enough where the W2 is completely going into the real estate. Um, and that, and that just came from, you know, sacrificing a limited home for two years. You know, it's not necessarily the most glamorous thing to tell your friends say, Oh yeah, I'm sleeping in my childhood bed, but um, you know, delayed gratification, I think it'll, uh, you know, pay off because then you're able to, you know, get this one house. Right. And then you're, bringing in X cash flow a month. And then that's just going to go into the next house. Yeah, man. Then the skill set too to like parlay a, a W2 job into a side hustle. And like, you can talk about this right too, but like I was thinking any single job that you have, any W2 job that you have, there is some other type of form of consulting or business that parlays <clears throat> itself around it. That can also help you make money on the side and side hustles. Bro, those things end up becoming your full-time job if you do it the right way. You could potentially be a full-time strength and conditioning coach as on a consultant level if you wanted to. Maybe not today, but like you definitely could. So like, it's just, I mean, I don't know how many other, every job. Like if you think if you're a realtor, maybe you want to put all your energy into being a realtor, right? But there's consultant levels around that you can do uh, in different areas around real estate that can help you become more successful and build up your income streams. Well, think about how many people nowadays, like we just talked to Steve Rosenberg and, and he's a complete salt consultant right now, a speaker, coach, consultant, teaching young people or people that want to get into real estate, how to do it because he has 20 years of experience and he can charge for that yep. because obviously he charges a little bit less because he wants to give back, but it's one of those things he's parlayed his skill set and knowledge over 20 years to put a little, I guess, income in his, in his pocket. You think about it like this, I, I guess there's, um, like, I guess it's similar to what you're doing, Mike, but like I, I used to work for the 76ers and do like their, their sports camps and stuff. And then on the side, I would do like training with young kids and collect money that way. It's similar to what you're doing. Like all of that adds up and it, it affords you the ability to like then dump that money that you have into assets that work for you. And I think that's what we're going to talk about next. Like that's exactly what you did. You're like, I saved up the money for, from the W2. And now you have this chunk of money that you want to, that you want to use in your house hack. So let's talk about your, your house hack. Did you have something else? Yep. Just while we get into the topic of, of house hacking, I want to talk about, because we talked about, it's just exciting to hear you mention like four or five different things we've already said in the podcast over time. And, and clearly you've done your research on the side and these financial independence topics, like sometimes they overlap and like they, they parlay into other conversations, but you're a prime example as I mentioned in the beginning of someone that took what they learned and they actually did 
the work you put in the action, right? Like there's the 90% of people will hear things on a podcast, on a book or whatever. And it's like, that's great. And they'll put in no. And then I'll do that one day. But you dude, in like a couple months, you decided like, Hey, no, I'm actually going to do this. And I think it just kind of speaks to you. Like you're willing to be gritty, right? Um, start a hot side hustle, live at your parents' house, live on the kitchen floor, live in the weight room and sleep there. Like it's, it's really cool. And I think people can, can absolutely take to that. And I want to say like, while it speaks to you, it speaks to the relationships you're able to build, right? We're going to dive into this house hack, but you've been able to parlay your relationships and your jobs into a side business, right? Where people, they like you, they see what you've done, the product you put out. So they're willing to come back to you. Hey, Mike is going to be now jumping into real estate. Let's help the guy out. You use your relationships to build a team, right? We're going to talk about how you listed your property and got tenants in there and how you found the property, who you talked to, mentors along the way. But once again, I think people have to realize that relationships in business or sorry, business and real estate there, it's all relationship game. And it's sometimes it truly is about who, you know, or who, and what impact you've had on someone else's life for them to want to give back to you. So, you know, off that soapbox. Well, yeah, we'll dive into it. I actually have something to say off that. When people say relationships, they think like, oh, I got to go to this networking event and like, like hand out you know, business cards. And that's like kind of the furthest thing from the truth because the relationships that you built, Mike, have nothing to do with real estate, but the people that are in them, I shouldn't say that, that they have nothing to do with the real estate, but some of the people that you've built relationships have helped you in the real estate game and they're not even directly involved in real estate. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, talking specifics, like we would talk on the phone once a week, probably for like 30 minutes, you know, 15 minutes would be me asking every question under the sun about houses and 15 questions would be you asking about the training program I sent you. My realtor, I grew up playing uh, middle school and rec league basketball with, right. You know, speaking more specifically after I, you know, purchased the property, um, the people who helped me find couches on Facebook marketplace work, work at the college I work at the people who help post it on apartments.com work at the college I worked at. So all these different connections kind of come up and help you along the way. Um, and that's definitely something that's come to light for me personally in the last couple of years, just having those connection relationships and making sure they're strong. And I think that comes more from giving than anything, giving time, effort, energy to that person. Um, think about that, that like transfer of, of goods and services between me and you. And now you and I, you and I are like really close because of this, but like, like, so I was like, Mike, I work out four days a week. My workouts are all over the place. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm maintaining. I'm not getting stronger. And you're like, dude, you want to help me with this real estate game? I got you. I'm going to make you this program. And then like, I love it. It's working. And I, I think about it. And I'm like, it's just like so symmetrical. It's perfect to be able to do that with people in your life. So we can talk about this for hours. I mean, that's but. from the start, the dawn of time, dude. You guys are Neanderthals just bartering. That's all it is. <laughs> You're just trading goods. You're good at this shit. You're good at that. Let's trade. Let's meet in the middle and both be great at both. Yeah, I'm going to be jacked. And you're jacked now. going to be the best real estate investor. <laughs> exactly. <ever. laughs> it's cool. So let's dive into like the specifics on your house hack. And and let's first talk like, where'd you find the deal? I know you had a, had a, um, a relationship with a realtor. Where'd you find it? And kind of what type, what's the property type? Just walk me through it a little bit. Yeah. So found it on Zillow. Uh, me and my realtor toured probably in the course of like four to six weeks, 10 to 12 properties. I probably put offers on three, um, you know, and this one stuck and it was by far the favorite one. So we were really aggressive with it. Um, so it's a single family. It's a, in, in a townhouse, single family. It's actually not too far from where you guys are at right now. Um, so we should be close to neighbors soon, which is, is just funny how it all comes full circle. Yeah, I know. It's great. Um, But yeah, we ended up being really aggressive with the offer because, and this is something that, you know, hearing you guys talk and other people talk to like, Oh, run the numbers, run the numbers, run the numbers. And that's very intimidating to somebody who's like, Whoa, like I don't have any properties. I'm like, I'm just trying to, you know, get a good deal. So that was definitely intimidating for me, but there's hundreds of stuff online where you can just download a house hack calculator or download a real estate calculator and it'll give you all the stuff with all the formulas. So that's kind of what I did. And after talking to a bunch of people, but it was listed for 285. The market's really hot right now. I think we offered three and then we added an escalating clause. So, you know, if Corey offered 301, I put a two grand escalating clause in. So my offer immediately went from 300 to 303. It went two grand above, you know, what they were. And you can cap to a certain amount, right? So you can cap it. And my numbers worked up until 325. 
So I could live for free up until $325,000. So 40 grand above asking price. Um, so I capped it at 320 and ended up only going for 305. So, so at 305 with a 2.8% interest rate. So I'm, I'm like looking at my numbers right now because I still don't have any, like a lot of this stuff, you know, memorized. Like I feel like when I listen to you guys, it's very like, you're spitting out numbers and words and I'm like, I just need to go a little slower. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, 305, 305 and, um, you know, at a 2.8% interest rate. So then it appreciated or not appreciated, but it appraised for 308. So you automatically have equity in the property. That's great. So you're looking at 305, um, 2.8% interest rate. How much did you put down on the property? So I put down 5% and that was like another issue or, you know, talking point because, you know, FHA conventional, which do you do, which is the lower interest rate. You know, I have a, I have a loan on my car as well. And the lenders are like, you have to pay off your car or we can't go conventional. And I'm like, well, I'm screwed then. Like I can't just pay off my car uh, because then I can't, and I don't have any money for the down payment. So having the car loan was an issue. And then it came back, they checked my pay stub um, and essentially they were like, Oh no, you're good for conventional. So like after a back and forth of that, initially I thought I'd have to pay off my car. So that's like a whole nother thing, making sure that debt to income was good, which was another thing. I had no idea what that was. So I ended up putting 5% down and then the closing costs in PA absolutely kill you. It's insane. Um, There's a 2%. I don't know if it's Philadelphia or specific or PA. There's a 2% transfer tax. So anytime you, anytime that you purchase a property, from one person to the other, whether you're the seller or the buyer, you both pay a 2% transfer tax. So 1% on 300 grand is 3000. So that means $6,000 is just a, that's just a tax to just transfer it. So like that is your closing cost. So I know what you're talking about, bro. It's probably like 15 grand to close. Like it's insane. When I was 12, yeah, 12, when I was buying my first property, um, not an investment property, just like my normal dwelling or whatever primary. Yeah. I, I was, asking for my dad for assistance. Cause he, he works in real estate a little bit too. And I'm like, he's like, all right, cool. So like, you know, closing costs should be around like four grand, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, cool. So you get in the line with the lender and he's like, all right, yeah, all in checking. It's about, yeah, you'd be eh, just about 12. My dad lost his mind. He goes, what are you trying to pull here, man? Like he's lost his mind because he's up in Massachusetts and we're in Philly. So it's like a whole different thing. He wants to make sure his kids get in the right deal, all this stuff. And he just lost his mind with his thick Boston accent. And I was loving, I was like, I have no idea what's happening, but I hope he's getting me a shave off in this price. Turns out it was literally the cheapest they could go. Yeah. And um, it's just funny because state to state, it does vary. And if you don't factor those into your numbers, you can be all jacked up going to the closing table and you're like, holy shit. Like I don't have that. I don't have that money. Yeah. That's why, you know, you walk through it. And that's what Tuck's talking about. Like when you run the numbers. So let's talk about your, again, $305,000. You put 5% down 2.7 or 2.8% interest rate. What was your um, mortgage taxes, interest insurance, PITI all in? So the loans for two, 290 and then monthly, it's 1800, everything. So like the mortgage is 16 and then the taxes and the PMI are two, like combined. Um, Got it. That's so great. total it's 18. Now, and then you're talking about a four bedroom uh, a house, right? Four bed, two bath. So it's four bed, two bath. Everything's done up. The previous owners redid each floor every couple of years. And they actually went to the school that I coach at. So I wrote them a letter and they immediately like connected with me. Um, so that was, you know, maybe something that helped me, helped me get the property. But, you know, if you rent by the room, three rooms at 750, which is very, it's not high end in, in Philly at all. Right. It, like I found 10 or 15 inquiries in the first, you know, 10 days. I remember I hit you up and I'm like, all right, it's posted. And then like a day later, I'm like, dude, what's going on there? I have no leads. And like, and then like three days, you're like, bro, chill out. And then like three days later, I have like four groups, like, coming through the house. Um, the best part about that is you had people that are reaching out to you as a group. So like they're paying yeah. by the room. That's what we did before. Like we live with me. Yeah. We, we had a group and we paid by the room for the group. So you're talking like, okay, you're living there. You're taking one of the rooms that leaves three rooms, three rooms at 700 is 21, 21, a hundred dollars a month. Three rooms at 750 is 2250 a month. And you're living there and your mortgage is 1800 roughly. Right. Yeah. So it's, so it's 18 all in. So, you know, you're looking at plus 450 and then that just goes to like, you set aside the maintenance, you know, all that stuff, the vacancy, but 
you know, essentially you just put parlay it back into the business. I think, you know, the worst thing you do is be like, Oh, I have $450. Like, what can I go buy? It's like, no, that just goes right back into it for the next property. Cause now it's spending a grand for rent. Now you're plus 450. So that's, you know, 1450 that is now getting utilized into the next purchase. I like your mindset shift or not. Maybe it's not even a shift, but like you realize like when you buy a property, you have people living in it. You're an investor now, like you're in the game, dude. So like not, not having the mindset of not spending that cash and just kind of hoarding it and keeping it in, in the hopper for the next place is key. Right. Because a lot of people will be like, Holy crap, I get 450 bucks. I can just go, you know, maybe lifestyle creep it's in. Hey, this is great. I can, I can put this up down as a, payment on a nice car, 450 bucks, right? Like you can get a, you can get a Benz for that um, or something really nice. So I think that's key because a lot of people could get stuck on that. They get in their first deal. They're like, Oh great. I'm house hacking. I'm an investor. I just think that's great where you're thinking about the business as a whole or thinking about real estate as a business, not as just like a cheap way or a way for you to subsidize your housing and not have to pay anything. So, and, and to go off that, um, Mike, when the whole point about doing this is like, you're not just thinking short term. When you move out of that property, you're, you're then taking your bedroom and taking that $2,250. Let's say you add that $750. You're renting the place out for $3,000. Your mortgage is $1,800. I don't care what the taxes or, or what the, the vacancy. I mean, I'll run the numbers like, like you will, but you don't care what the vacancy, the, the maintenance and, and CapEx is because you're going to be probably around $600 a month in cash flow, even if you take half of that and put it and allocate it aside. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, at that point, do you not, not even rent by the room if, you know, you get a family that wants to live there and it's, I mean, you look at the median and it's all learning process. Like, Hey, how do I decide what, what's for rent? It's like, okay, analyze what's going for rent around you, right? There's websites on, I believe Zillow and apartments.com. It's like, okay, here's what rents are looking like. And it's, our, in our area, right? Like 24 is kind of normal for, you know, a three or four bed house. So you're still clearing 600 a month. Um, so just understanding, like it's all a learning process because every step of the way, you know, and then it's like, okay, when the tenants move in, it's like, oh shit, they need keys. Like little like baby stuff you never even think about. So now it's like every step is a learning process. So you just try not to mess up too much uh, and make sure when you do mess up, you learn from it. Let's talk about this in, in almost like a checklist format or something like I'm thinking about someone listening to the podcast right now. And like, they're like, wow, this is great. Like Mike showed that anyone could do this. And so say you get you first step I'm hearing is like, okay, you got a realtor. Right. And um, then he gave you access to his network, right? Like probably helped you with title um, helped you essentially go check out the property, right? Find five or six that you want and you put, put offers on three, you ended up with the one you wanted escalating clause, right? You didn't probably wouldn't have known what, what an escalating clause was. No until you got him. So you had, there you go. You had an ACE on your side. And then now I'm thinking about, okay, you're in, you have the property and you're like, well, in order for this to be a business, I need to get bodies in here. Right. So like, what was the process you went through to get tenants in the house? Like, let's talk about you hosting, I think an open house and then where you listed it and just all your marketing tactics. I think those will be prime for someone listening. Yeah. So just getting the pictures off of Zillow from the previous seller, right. You can just click and download the picture on the iPhone. So, you know, it had all their furniture in it, but you know, their, their furniture is really nice. So like it, people went crazy for it. And like, then you put in, you have to type up on word or whatever, like exactly what the house is like, like highlight the good things um, about it and, you know, kind of say what you're looking for in, in roommates. And, you know, I think we posted it to, Facebook, like a Facebook Philly rental group. We posted to Craigslist. We posted to um, apartments.com. So from that, within a week, I had, um, you know, two or three virtual, uh, two virtual showings of different groups and then two in-person showings of different groups. So just from that, um, and that just came from, you know, my experience running in different states in the past or just talking with people in my network and they're like, oh, do this, don't do that. Um, so just picking people's brains definitely shortens the learning curve for you. That's cool. Let's talk about the virtual appointments. Um, I think that's kind of new maybe due to COVID or, you know, personally just from renting in the past, I, you know, we would go to the property, like show up at this time and then you do a walkthrough and you're like, okay, like it's going to be a whole afternoon kind of thing. Were you the one or was it your realtor kind of guiding through the property or did you guys have to take a video? How did that whole thing work out? Once the, well, once the house was like officially 
done. I mean, the real, or once the house is officially in my possession, like the realtor relationship, it's been less, like I still hit them up about certain things um, just to make sure I'm on the right path. Like the, the water meter, the gas, all that stuff. Um, and I'm talking to the right people, but it's essentially the people, the people hit me up on apartments.com and they're like, Hey, we're moving to Philly in a month. We're going to school. Um, we're in grad school. Like, can we set up a virtual tour? I'm like, all right, like let's FaceTime. Like, I mean, it's honestly easier than it would be to drive, you know, 30 or 45 minutes. Um, and it's pretty much, you know, you have a conversation just like this and you, (laughs) you flip the iPhone around and you walk them through, um, Hey, what do you guys want to see? Um, so that's actually the, the, the group that I ended up going with was the one who did the virtual. Um, so what were some of the like criteria? I know you and I ended up talking on the phone about this. You had some questions about it just for our listeners. Like, and we talked about this in previous episodes. What were some of the criteria that you were looking for in not just tenants, but roommates too. So it was like, you know, both. Yeah. Like the, the roommate thing definitely adds another, you know, layer to the conversation, right. Cause they gotta be like decent enough to live with. Like they gotta be good people. Um, but the basic five questions that I asked, you know, the 10 or 20, people who were interested before they'd even filled out the background check, the background check credit score, you know, you ask, Hey, do you have any pre-existing felonies? And these are the five questions I believe I got from you. Um, what's your credit, what's your credit score? Do you have any prior evictions? Um, what's your current, you know, employment history, what's your current income and your employment history, just as like a natural vetting. And I think those are the five I got from you. Um, you know, and then when they come to the house or did the virtual, then it's like you get a feel for them as people. Like, obviously, if the Juice Boys come through, you know, like it's a done deal. Locking it up. Dude. <laughs> yes. Let's, Let's go. go. Let's get it. Uh, <laughs> so you're able to like vet them through having a, a conversation. So um, that was. Yeah, and, and that interview process is pretty. I mean, I guess if you're like super introverted, you, you may not like it, but it's really cool to get a feel for people. And you most people can give off uh, some sort of a vibe of the person that they're that they're like, if you spend 30 minutes with somebody, when you walk through, you kind of maybe ask them questions about their family or where they're from. And, and, you know, you'll find out maybe they're, maybe you made a mistake, but even if you did, you, you live and you learn from it. Like it's, it, it, you never a hundred percent know. So don't, I hope that people don't think that you're going to a hundred percent guess whether or not your tenants are going to be good, but you just do the, do the process. You vet it. And then you go from it's there. the same thing as your friends, right? We have the conversation all the time. Like you, you, you really get to know a person when you live with them. Like you think, you know, your friend or your family member, but when you're like in the same dwelling and you're getting used to each other's routines and sharing rooms and things like that, that's when you really get to know a person. So it's very hard to say, Hey, here's a 20, 30 minute tour. Let me ask you a few questions. I think I know everything about you, right? You're going to have to take a leap of faith, just like real estate in general. Like you jumping into this property anyway, it's a leap of faith. It's all about the journey. You're going to look back at this one property and you'd be like, like you might have a crazy roommate, right? Or like maybe you undershot the property. You could have raised it. Like there's going to be some funny story that goes along with it. You're like, all right, I learned from that. I'm not going to make that mistake again on the next one. Or you had an amazing experience. And then the next one, you're like, dude, wow. I wish I could go back in time. At least that crazy roommate, if you have one is paying down your loan, giving you cash flow, giving you the tax benefits and helping your uh, property appreciate just by owning it. So it's like, I can live with a crazy roommate if that's the case, right? Like I know people, we talked to Craig Kerlop and he was like, I slept in behind a curtain in my house hack just so I could rent out the room that I was going to stay in. And I remember you and I talked about that and then we were like, all right, we're not that crazy. Like talk, you don't need to do it. You don't need to go that crazy. Just live in the room. And like, so, but there's, if you're willing to do it and make those short-term sacrifices, it's, it's there. Can you just give a quick summary on all his numbers again? So yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, or Mike, go ahead. You can, uh, do you oh want to do it? Uh, yeah. So three Oh five purchase price, 2.8% uh, interest rate. So it ended up coming to, like out of pocket, uh, it was around $10,000 closing costs around 18,000 down. So it was a total of 28. Um, and I'm like, Oh, I'm thinking in my head again, like being a, a, a self-proclaimed rookie in this, I was like, Oh, well that's 28 into my loan. It's like, Oh no, closing costs don't, don't count towards the loan. And I was like, right. you kidding me. I was like, <laughs> so 305 purchase 2.8% interest rate around 28 out of pocket, 5% down payment, um, so it ended up being around 1600 for the mortgage and then 200, um, additional costs, whether it be PMI and taxes. So, so all in around $1,800 a month and 2250 
per month in rental income. So I just got all the leases signed a couple days ago, actually. So all and that PITI that includes insurance too, not just the, yep. the yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, four fifty a month in cash flow. You think a couple percent for vacancy, a couple percent uh, percent for you know capital expenditures, but you know, and like we said, that four fifty then just gets parlayed into when I go into the next one, just like you guys talk about all the time. It's like, Hey, when's the next one? When's the next one? Like that's what you're Which up. leads and perfectly like into our next before. question. Like, what is your, <laughs> what is your, now that you've got bitten by the bug, because I remember when this happened to me, it was lit. It was not like a bug. It was like a, like actually like a shark bite. I was like, Holy, like, this is I'm doing this forever. Right. So like, what, what are you, What's your goal? I know you and I talked about potentially house hacking again in a year when you can apply for a new loan. What do you think is next for you in terms of uh, the real estate investing like adventure that you're about to get on? Yeah, I don't plan on living here for more than the next 11 months, honestly. Um, so I plan on using that cash flow, the side hustle cash flow, to then build into the next property. And then, you know, if you can't put down 20%, great, move out after your 11 months, 12 months, so you can just put down 5% again. Um, I know my brother's looking to, to go in with me on one. So that might, you know, expedite our process too. And I know you've talked to him as well. Um, yeah. so, you know, going in together might, you know, allow us to go in six months instead of 12. So, um, we're definitely bitten by the bug. And then kind of like we talked about before, we're utilizing our time now to build income, but then eventually we're just buying back our time by purchasing the assets. Um, so eventually instead of having, you know, when you're 40, having 10 side hustles, it's like, we'll just have 10 properties instead. So you just yeah. have to get the equity in those properties first. That's great. And it's like Steve Rosenberg said, and it is, it'll be last week's episode. He said that you have to take your mindset off of spending. You spent $10,000 on closing costs. I'll give you that. But you didn't spend $18,000. You invested that $18,000. Mm -hmm. Like that is money that you can then leverage against in the future and pull it out of the property where you pay it off. And you have a cash flowing asset that just is the most safe thing in the entire world. So you're on your way, man. And I'm telling you the first, first, second, third, that's the hardest. And then it's like this big snowball that starts to get easier. It's really funny when you think about this and we talk, you know, in the financial independence movement and like you talk savings rate all the time, right? And like having a big savings rate, it would be funny to factor in how much money, like the money you actually save by reinvesting that. Like, is that part of your savings rate as well? You know, into properties, like I'm not spending it on anything besides myself. Yeah. I mean, it would be like an inception of your savings rate. Yeah. It's crazy though, because it, it all compounds on itself. Right. And that's talk. You're going to turn around in 20 years and this property is going to be worth 2.7 times what it is now. You may have it paid off. You may not have it paid off. You may have pulled out a hundred thousand dollars of the equity and go purchase something else. So it's just, that's what we're telling people, man, we're trying to spread the word, spread the word, you know? Yeah. I just, it's just, it's too fun. I think it's cool how you mentioned to me, maybe, I don't know, we were probably like three or four episodes in. You're like, Hey, I got a good friend who's thinking about house hacking. He heard some of our shows and like, he's been researching and reading. I'm like, Oh, cool. That's, that's nice. Like, well, I, I didn't like, nah, think he's, he's, he's like, it. yeah, you're like, in, you're like, he's really good. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll see it. Like everyone says they're going to do something. And then fast forward, let's just say nine months or close to a year and you got the keys in your hand. Right. And you close, I think it's just awesome. And it goes to show you that, Truly, like anyone can do this. Doesn't matter what you do for a job, where, like, who you are, where you're from. Like, just dive in and try it. Right. Like, it's one of the, if you want it bad enough, you'll go do it. And if you see the outlook on your life, what it could be, what so many other people have done. That's why we share stories like this, and we share stories of other people who have been in the game because it's like there's there's enough houses out there for everyone to get involved. Like, it's not like a selfish game. So no, um, and that's the whole thing. It's cyclical. Like, I don't mean to be like you know, morbid here, but people die and then they leave their houses or they sell their houses and then new people move in and people have kids. And it's like this big, and as long as population continues to rise, the growth, these things are going to be worth money because you have to live somewhere. So it's like, it's just a continuous cycle and you might as well be on the good side of it as opposed to. Yeah. It's like, you're not, I think about like entertainment, right? That's something that's expendable, right? That's not that you don't need housing is shelter for your family, for your friends, like for just for people, like that's something you need. It's an essential with food. And then I guess you could say transportation too, right? Depending on who you are. Um, but to, to knock out one of those buckets again, like I know we say this all the time, but like, Mike, you're, you're already saving all of your W2 and now you have 
the side, you have a side hustle. This is another side hustle, right? Now you got two side hustles, but this one down the line with all the equity pumped into it, it's like, it's going to be, it could potentially be a cash cow. So um, I think it's a really cool story and appreciate you sharing. Yeah. And again, I mean, I'm nine months ago was like listening to the third or fourth episode, whenever that was. And it was Corey saying, run the numbers and he's spit firing all the things that I just, you know, fumbled out of my mouth five minutes ago to you guys. And anybody can really get into it. You just have to put in the time to read and research it. And what's the alternative? So as soon as you build up that, that savings to get in, you, like, I think it, I just, I just wish I started sooner, you know, obviously. One of the other things, and, and you say, as soon as you get up the, or save up the savings, what is your reserve? Like what, um, you don't have to share the, your entire net worth. I'm just saying like, what reserves do you have set aside just in case, you know, you have to replace a roof in a year or a hot water heater in a couple months or something. Yeah, definitely. Uh, talking to another, you know, real estate mentor of mine, he's like, I immediately look to spend five grand on the property to upgrade it, appreciate it, like immediately, no matter what shape it's in, unless it's like a turnkey. Um, but that's kind of his motto. And that definitely was not mine just cause I'm a little more strapped. Like I said, with the car, the car loan and all that stuff, but you definitely have to have that, that couple grand in reserves just, you know, to get your feet, um, you know, in case something does happen. I know you guys have mentioned a couple of horror stories as well in previous episodes. And it's like, Hey, something will, anything that could happen will, it's just a matter of when. So if I, you know, I'm good and I'm 12 months, there's zero expenses and, four fifties all being profit. That's great. But reality is, is like something's going to pop month 13. It's going to be like a three grand expense. It's like, Oh shit. Um, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's it, directly like, proportionate money. to how prepared you are. That's <laughs> actually disproportionate to how prepared you are. Like if you have 10 grand in savings, just ready to go, you won't have a problem for a year. But if you have, if you have 75 bucks, you better believe that you're getting that a new AC. Gone. <laughs> like oh it's just how it works, man. And so let's go back. Like just talk about us again, just to just show how we were prepared. So that was actually, I kind of lied on that one because we were prepared. But the point is, is like first three months we had our, our, uh, our latest duplex. We had five grand worth of work, furnace, new stove, hot water heater, you know, plumbing issue. Like it was just, but the thing is, is if you're prepared and you are bro, like you are prepared, you, you have a savings rate. And if you continue to work your side hustle, all your W2 income can be used for, okay, reserves, and then boom, allocating it to your next deal. And you're going to be able to do that really fast. I think of it like, just think of your job every single day, right? Let's just say you have a $40,000, $50,000 salary and it do, you're not in sales or anything. You have no commission attached to it. Every single day, you're getting paid a certain amount per hour, no matter what you do, anything, any task thrown your way. You get into real estate, you have this machine, right? You back to your, back to your, your statement there before is like, just plan for something to go wrong. Cause it will, if nothing happens to you at all, that's amazing. But if you plan for something to happen, it's just like another task. You're like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm a real estate investor. This shit is going to happen. You just fix it. Like maybe, I don't know if it's because Corey and I are, we're friends and we're synonymous. We really even each other out, but it's like, if some shit happens to the property, I'm like, whatever, dude, like it's, <laughs> it sucks. It attacks the bank account a little bit, but at the end of the day, you got to laugh yourself through it and just move on to the next because something big is going to happen down the line. Like well, you, maybe you get floated a deal from a mentor. That's $50,000 under undervalued. And you get hooked up and you're like, Holy shit. Like, I don't care about this $5,000 expense that we just had. Cause we just made 45 from something else. Like things come full circle. All I'm saying is don't be afraid. You have to take this leap of faith, but just be prepared and run, run your numbers conservatively and you'll be fine. Absolutely. So talk, let's talk about, let's go into our core four it, and you know, we are asked the same four questions. I think it's really relevant now because you, you have been actually an investor for a, quite a period of time. I know you've invested in, in, in stocks and your 401k, but in the last nine months, it's been ramped up. So I'm curious, like, obviously besides the juice boys, cause I know you like listening to us, what's your favorite investing or business or real estate book, maybe that you've read recently that has helped you like kind of figure this game out a little bit. Yeah. I think like each one you can take something from whether you, you know, quote unquote, like it or not, like obviously rich dad, poor dad, like everybody says that one first, that's like the mindset shift. Okay. But now, now it's like actionable, like, okay, Brandon Turner, how like the house hack book by Brandon Turner. It's like, okay, that gives you the blueprint, but it doesn't necessarily like give you all the answers for the process of it. 
Um, you know, set for life gives you, okay, build up the stocks, build up the side hustle, you know, sell your car, whatever, and then buy all this real estate. So again, another like layout, but it doesn't give you the step-by-step, um, money by Tony Robbins gives you very in detail, very step-by-step. If you can get through like the five or 600 pages, whatever it is for all these different stock options and retirement plans. So, um, you know, I think you can take something from every one, but I don't think one gives you all the answers by any means. That's a good point. And it's funny that you say that because I think that newbie investors and like Ryan, I just, we just graduated from that game. So it's not like we're saying that we're not, and we're, and we're, and we are rookies at some sense to somebody else. Right. But like you want all the answers when you're, when you're first getting started, you're like, what do I do when this happens? What happens when this happens? And the reality is, is like, you just don't have the answers and you have to trust that the processes that you put in place will work. I, we haven't talked about um, money by Tony Robbins. I have never even read it. So uh, I'm just, obviously I know he's like such an accomplished speaker and author, he, but uh, he's a, um, he's a big mindset guy, right? Like yeah. he's my dad listened to his audio tapes for 10 years. People and go just, to his seminars to like get right. Oh, like when they're like down and out. Right? He, told, like, he told me that's like, for, like what helped him scale his business and get him to where he's crazy. like, dude, it just transformed my mind and, and had positive thoughts flowing through each day. So I think that's really cool. And it kind of parlays into last week's episode with Steve Rosenberg. Like he just, he was the mindset guy. And he's like, dude, you just got to punch through shit and go through it. And like, you're going to have dark days, but that the light shed, the light days will um, outweigh those. So I heard you, I heard you mention a couple of uh, bigger pockets books and I just, just if someone wants to start out brand new, and I'm just telling you, this is my perspective, you're going to spend, let's just say going out on the weekend, 200 bucks. Maybe you go out twice a month, 400. This is non COVID time, right? 400, about 400 bucks. You can probably buy all their books on, on their website that it's about, I would say two to two to 400 bucks. If you just read those in succession, it really doesn't matter what order you go. And that's exactly what I did. And I'm working my way through them. It has all these answers. It's, they dumb it down. They walk you through it. I have the, you mentioned the house hacking book, but um, one of them's like how to become a real estate investor. The other one's how to manage a rental property business. I carry these things around and you probably heard me say this in previous episodes, but I carry them around like Bibles. I just, I, ha- I highlight them and I'm, I'm like, oh shit, I got to go back. I read the table of contents. If I have a question, I'm like, okay, I got to go to this chapter and relook it just to refresh your brain on it. But they truly do walk you through every facet of the business, whether you want to go long distance, whether you want to be a house hacker, whether you just want to learn the ins and outs of managing tenants and you can reuse them over and over. So, I mean, they pretty much should pay me for just gassing their books like that. But I, uh, I seriously have read them all. And that's where we've, how I've been able to have educated conversations and not really fear going into certain conversations anymore. It's like, all right, man, like what can they throw at me that I haven't expected? I'll just go look it up at the end of the day. And you know, you have team members here too, that like will answer questions for you. That's why it's, it truly for me, like I'm on a tangent here, but basically my whole reason for saying this is like, just get in the damn game. Like you can read so many books over and over, but you're going to go back and reread them again. It's not like you're going to have the answers on the fly every time. And just, uh, just take that action, get involved because it's going to change your life. And you can, you can read these books a million times, but until you make take consistent daily action, it's not going to happen for you. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. Question so, two, right? What's up? Question two. Yeah. Here we go. Question two, Mike. So we talked about, um, you know, a lot of positives for you right now, right? But there have, I'm sure, been some bumps along the way. What's been your biggest mistake so far along your journey and what have you learned from it so that hopefully someone else doesn't make the same mistake? Yeah. I mean, I'm still super young in my journey. Like I know Corey was like, Oh, you've been an investor. Like not really like putting away 4% because it's an employee match for a couple of years. Like it's like not active. It's very passive. And then it's like, okay, my biggest regret would probably be saving and not doing anything with it because, and that came from a lack of knowledge and, you know, fear is the big, uh, like another big component and say, hey, get over the fear, get over the, Like, it's like, what's the alternative? Like the alternative is your money sits there and it gets 0.0001 in like a money market and inflation is 3%. So you're actively losing money. So like that idea is really frightening if you don't invest in my opinion, you know, people go out and they'll pick Dogecoin and Bitcoin and they'll try and like ride the GameStop. And like, that's obviously the super volatile. It's like, if you just put it into the market in stocks, or you get into a a smart real estate deal where you run the numbers. I think that's kind of where my mindset's at right now. 
Um, and if compound interest over time, like if I had started five years ago, if I had the knowledge five years ago or a mentor five years ago, that would have set me straight. My compound interest would, I'd be a lot better off than I am today. It's really funny that you say that, man, because I just talked to my brother about this. He's 19. And I was like, I mean, he like, you know, the fact that he's 19 and he's going to start, I'm like, imagine the last 10 years, if you were started <laughs> 10 years ago, like it's yeah, I know. But, but you always can say that, right? So the best time to start is now actually the best time to start is yesterday. Second best time to start is now. Right. So like you, you can only do what you can do. We talk risk all the time. Right. And like people get scared. They're like, I don't want to do this because it might not work. Right. And might not do that. The biggest risk is dude, you're a number and you don't know when your time's getting called. Start your shit today. Yeah. Like, I don't care who you are. What are you going to wait another day? Oh, and then it comes to next week. Then the following week. Oh, wait till I get a partner. Dude, ju- I'm telling you just start and, and take the loop of faith because you're going to get bit by this bug of like, accomplishment, even, even the little steps along the way, you're like, I got this. I'll keep going. You go, you got a couple of bumps, but when you get that, Mike, you're going to be, I mean, you're already jacked up about it, but, um, when you get that first check, man, that 450 bucks, like that, or the leftover. Or, or the, well, yeah, just sorry. The leftover, yeah. obviously your mortgage and stuff's getting paid, but like that little cash to, and dumped into your bank account on the side. And you're like, wait, this is for my next one. And this is my property paying for my rental property business. It's just amazing. And I think, um, that's how I got bit. Like, you know, we, I have had my own property and Corey and I got into the duplex in September and I'm like, holy shit. As soon as we got that first check, I was like, dude, when, when's the next one? And then now we're, we're just starting on a renovation. I'm like, dude, when's the next one? Because it's just like, you want it to go faster and faster. It is the long game. It is a marathon, but you can start pre this thing snowballs fast is basically my point here. And it's like, you can start preparing three, six, nine months out from a deal. And, uh, it, it's just exciting. You, you, i never thought I would be here. And like, we, we talk about like scaling business and all these things, but when you first get that check and you realize it, like it works, that is what truly motivates you. And, and coming from just average guys here, like all three of us, like you can do it. So whoever's listening, just get your act together and start tomorrow. <laughs> That's right. Today, Not tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Don't, don't wait. Um, Mike, third question, who is your who from t- for 2021? And by meeting this person, you feel like your life and business will be propelled to the next level. And if you don't have somebody that you're like looking to meet that you that you know of, maybe like who has it been that's helped you get to the stage that you're at now in, in, in real estate? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we talked about a lot about books and how important books are and like books are almost obsolete. Like I mentioned, if you don't take action and I'll even go a step further and be like, I think your network is 10 times more important than the books. The books can give you the knowledge, but I could call Corey in a 30 minute conversation. He could pretty much spit out half of a book to me. Right. Because to a lot of people, you are an expert, right. To a lot of people who have zero one and maybe got 10 properties, like you're spitting out great knowledge. And I can get a lot of that with a 30 minute phone call. Um, so you know, having guys in my life like you, um, one of my coworkers, Colin, um, another former colleague of mine, Jake uh, Cox, who is has is also a strength coach, but has five or six properties. Um, being able to talk to you guys from a mindset perspective and from a nitty gritty like numbers perspective, I think is exponentially increased my, you know life worth, whatever you want to call it, because that mindset shift in getting into real estate and the long-term trajectory of that alone, you know, if you do one, I think you guys are on like your third and you guys are saying, Oh, I'll get one in 18 months or 12 and then six, like it speeds up over time. So, you know, I think, I think that's a very long-winded answer of naming three people in my, for my who. Don't worry. I got plenty of long-winded answers for you. So you're good. Um, cut from the same cloth here. So I just, I like, I always used to throw this around and, and, and say this, but I'll bring it up again. Is like your network is your net worth. And it's true because Mike, you could hit up Corey and, and you're getting, instead of having to read this whole book, you get the spark notes of it. Right. And you know, or, you know, the next book you should go read, but also Corey might have someone that it took him six months to a year to build up his team and in one 30 minute conversation, he can give you those three people. You cut through the bullshit. You have guys that are proven to do it the right way. And if Corey trusts them, you're going to trust them because you trust Corey. And like, you know, he's not going to pass you along someone that if he's putting his name on it, he's not going to give you someone that is going to lead you down the wrong path. And that's proven so, so lucrative for Corey and I the last couple, couple of weeks, because we're going through. You're doing 
what we're doing at a, at another level in terms of like who our network is helping us and we're helping you. And it's just a cycle. Like, and I, I love it. I love help. Like seriously, knowing that you were able to close and I was any 1% impact on it. I don't care. It was just the fact that I was able to help. Like it's, that's why we do it. Like it really is. So I didn't mean to. No, you didn't. That was perfect. No, that was great. You were, you finished my thought. So it was good. It just truly your network is, is key. And it it goes back to building relationships again. And we said, you know, some people are introverts. I get that. Right. But like you You can can leverage relationships as an introvert. Totally. Totally. And just in a different way. Right. You don't, you might not be like jam packed, right. Shove down your throat kind of guy, but it's like, you can tactfully look up people, vet them out, ask certain questions where as an extrovert, they might dive all in and just be headstrong blow the and, doors off. and just blow the doors off the shit like we do. But um, no, I, once again, thanks for bringing up the network because you want, I, I think you mentioned to like people that you're, you're surrounding yourself by other, with other investors. Right. And you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Right. And so like, if the majority of those, those people own real estate or have gone through it, like, dude, you're just going to get elevated up to that level. So just think about that when you're going through your everyday life, like, are you going to be the guy that goes home and plays video games with your boys that have no properties and are just kind of stuck in the wheel, or are you going to, Hey, give a call to Corey. Hey, sit on a webinar with three other investors, whatever it is, just surround yourself by the people that you want to be like, and, and you'll be taken up to that level. Last one for you on, on the core four, um, kind of a thinker and a little bit personal, but, um, Mike, what do you want your legacy to be? I think it's a really good question because it essentially comes back to like, what's our, why, like, why are we doing this? Um, and you know, if you asked me, um, a couple of years ago, I think it would be to be a strength coach at X school or X organization. Um, and I think my mindset has shifted away from that and more towards being where my feet are and saying, okay, here's where I want to be. How can I build up this college, this university? How at the same time, can I then be a great, uh, brother, friend, uh, you know, future husband, whatever we're, we're looking at uh, future father, hopefully, how can we build up that end of the, of the piece? And it comes back to time. So then how do you put the most, put, uh, the pieces in place now to buy back your time later? Um, so, you know, I obviously want to do right by all the people I come in contact with. Um, but definitely being where, more where my feet are. Um, and Corey, the same way that you get juiced up about helping me, like when you send me before and after pictures, bro, that like, that gets me going. Uh, dude, I'm just getting started. I, those pictures <laughs> are shit right now. I'm getting, uh, I'm, 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 I'm bringing the heat soon. Hopefully but, uh, <laughs> it's weird when he goes, yo, right. I got to show you these before and after. <laughs> dude, that's fire. You looking shredded, bro. But he, he I was funny. really excited. I really was. Cause I was going the last three years. I've been like, just, just hadn't really like, when you see progress, it's not just the gym, right? When you see progress in your real estate, in your business, in your life, I, I'm addicted to progress. Like, so like, I, I know it, I just am. I'm like, oh wow, this is working. What I'm doing is working. So it's that's actually cool. really important to bring up, dude, because I think about, it makes you want to say, let's out the gym. You see progress, you're, you're building muscles, you're getting more cut. You're and you're like, I'm going back. I'll go tomorrow. Fuck it. I'll start eating healthier. Cause this is helping me too. Right. Also goes to like when you're in a slump, ah, I haven't gone to the gym in a couple of days. I can eat like crap. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's I'm, like, already, oh, I'm taking I'm a break. already here. Same yeah. thing goes with same thing. Exact thing goes with real estate. Like if you're, oh, you know, I'll just keep reading, keep learning, not doing anything. But when you do it and you see a little progress, you get that check. You're like, dude, I need to do a million of these. This is amazing. Same. Not with everyone thinks that way, but I think that like, think when you get a raise though, yeah, like, like you're like, oh, I got, you know, five grand raise. Like, okay, how do I get 10? How do I get 50? Not everybody's like that, right? We're intrinsically motivated. I think all three of us. So that helps, but the little bit of progress for me, I'm thinking the the gym example to a T because that truly helped me when I, when I, I'm like, Oh my God, like the first week, you don't see anything when you start at the gym two weeks in maybe, maybe, but like six to eight, right? That's what you told me. Unless you're working with Mike. No, that's what it took me. That was true. Like, I mean, it was six to eight days and Corey's like, bro, I look the same. I'm like, yeah, no shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it takes time, right? Like it to the point is you can get addicted to that. Um, what do you want to call it? Like the, the process, progress. The progress yeah. yeah. So cool. exciting stuff. Sorry. I know where we all kind of think like here. So um, no, nah, it's great, man. I, I, the, I, I just got so much, I have so much love for coaches cause I'm a coach and I, I just love the, the idea of giving back to people. And, and so what you're doing is awesome. Um, the last segment of our show is called the last drop. You know, you're a juicer. Uh, if, if you can go back, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, 
start sooner. I already mentioned that. I'd also say to enjoy life more and don't be so zoomed in. I think uh, early on, I was definitely laser focused on one thing and being a coach, which has helped me build a skill set in one regard. But at the same time, I definitely think I might have missed out on certain aspects of life or just being a little, gaining a little more perspective, like real estate stocks, all those different stuff, like that stuff that we don't talk about in high school. We don't talk about in a lot of colleges, you know, I was um, not a finance guy. So having more perspective um, and not being so locked into, you know, your day job would definitely. That's, some, that's admirable. I don't think anyone so. said that because people think that like, Oh, I'm not a finance guy. So I don't have to think about money. And it's like, mm. No, that's what rules the world. So like either you play the game or you just get played by the game like that. And that's kind of how it works. So, but you don't have to have it consume you, but it, it has to be, a, in my opinion, shouldn't say has to, but I think it needs to be a factor in just how you frame it. And maybe you don't care that much and you just want to go live on an island and chill. And that's great, dude. If you can do that, it's just that like, I'm glad that you, it opened your eyes to, to other aspects. I really like, the one thing you said a couple of minutes ago is like, be, be where your feet are and we can get consumed. And Corey and I kind of had this conversation earlier today, just like on a, on a kind of project management slash event sesh about business as a whole. And like, it's, it's important to take a step back and realize like when you start a podcast, you start a real estate business, right? Like you, you're essentially buying yourself a job for the time being until that becomes lucrative. Right. And it starts paying you passively. And you got to think why you're doing things again, right? Like a lot of the time, like I, I, for me, putting my, we, sorry, landing where my feet are or setting where my feet are is like, I'm going to look back on these days and I'm going to miss them. And I'm going to be the guy that has the kids, the, he's on the vacation with the wife. And like, I'm like, damn, remember the days I used to go over to Corey's and we set up the podcast, we interviewed all these people and like built our network, had fun. And it was like a good way for us to chill. Not saying that we won't do this, but it might be on Zoom, might be far away, whatever it is. And to take a step back and realize like, dude, you're chugging along. You guys keep thinking about money. You guys are, you always talk about money and building business. Like, do you ever chill? And the truth is you have to have conversations like this to remind yourself to chill. Right. And like, look at the progress all three of us are, are, have made. It's amazing. Like some people don't pat themselves on the back enough and you can really get into this. I know I don't. We, that's, it's actually kind of weird. We're talking about this. We rarely do. And it's like one of those things where it's like, you don't, it's our people like us are like society kind of, it's hard to celebrate wins, right? When you see people like flexing on, on Instagram and like having all these cars and stuff, you're like, damn, I'm not going to make it to the Lamborghini. Damn. I'm not going to make it till I live in the Hills or live in a, a mansion. Right? Like, no dude, like you're making slow progress at a time and your progress compared to somebody else is light years away. So, um, you know, I think I saw a picture. I don't know if it was like a meme or a picture, but like the guy driving in a, in a Maserati and he looked over at the guy in the Lamborghini. He's like, I'm jealous of you. And then it showed a picture of someone else driving a, um, like a Camry looking at the guy in the Maserati and is like, I wish I was you. And then you got the guy on the bike wishing he was the guy in the Camry. Then you got the guy walking on the sidewalk wishing he had the bike. And so it's like, there's always someone that always. has it worse. There's someone that has it better, always has it better. You're never going to reach the absolute pinnacle or the top, right? You got to find out what works for you. Because like I said before, every day, everyone's a number. You don't know when your time's up. What are you going to, what is the highest thing for you? What's like the best thing you could possibly, be? you don't know what that is, right? Like it's, it's kind of limitless. So don't, don't grind yourself and kill yourself every single day to try to be this perfect thing because it's not going to happen. You're going to be your own version of perfect and like map out your goals in life and what you want. And then you'll have a chance of getting there. But if you're just wishing on a hope and a dream and it's not written down, there's no shot of you getting there. You just keep chasing the inevitable area that doesn't exist. Like, once you have that Lamborghini, you're not going to, you will not be fulfilled. You're still on the rat wheel. Yeah, exactly. So, it, and it's just like maybe a mental rat wheel at that time, but every, every wheel is different, right? You're going to keep churning. Like you need to learn to celebrate the wins. And I think that's important to talk about it. It's hard to do. So it's very hard to do. And we're doing it right now just by even recognizing it. So Tucker, you're awesome. I think that I'm living proof. I'm week uh, 13, about to hit week 14 of your program. So I want to say like, if first of all, if people want to learn about somebody, a, a rookie real estate investor and what he's doing, I think, I mean, Mike, I, it'd be cool if people reach out to you about that, that type of thing and like in general. Yeah. Um, like you guys said, I've definitely been bit by the bug, man. I love talking to different people about it. I love kind of hearing about, Hey, what properties are you looking for? Cause every conversation, like I'm still very new. Every conversation I have, it, I'm learning. Like if you were like, Hey, I've never like 
even looked at real estate, I'm like, well, I still probably have something to learn from you because I feel like my knowledge is, isn't vast by any means. Um, I've never been a social media guy until COVID hit. And then, um, my buddy's wife made me an Instagram. Um, my Instagram is Tucker Mike 43. Um, so you'll see some strength and conditioning stuff on there, but, um, feel free to, to reach out to me and, and talk real estate. Cause I really do, um, enjoy it. So hope, hopefully I can continue to have good conversations with people and learn. Yeah. And not only, uh, uh, real estate, but also strength and conditioning. Mike offers programs to people and they work. You can look at, you can look at the people that have been in his strength and conditioning program and how far they've come. He, trains division one athletes. I mean, it it's proven and you don't have to be a division one athlete to go into his program. So, so he'll make you a custom one. So reach out to him. It's uh, I have, you know, no I'm regrets. Gonna, no. Yeah. So like I'm going to, I'm just going to keep following these programs until I'm strongest man alive. Yeah. If you're in the local <laughs> Philly, area, you, you already are. Dude. No. Um, if you are in the local Philly area though, that definitely hit up Seriously. Mike and uh, you know, it'll, it'll help you in that aspect of life, right? You got to be balanced, right? We, right. This is something that's helped us so much. Like the real estate has helped my ability to stay balanced in, in life, in the gym, my like overall wealth family, like it's a whole circle. So, um, I, you're helping me with that pillar and we really appreciate it. And, uh, health, wealth, life and the pursuit of happiness, dude. That's right. Boom. Mike, it's been amazing. Thank you for coming on, man. You got anything else to share before we get out of here? No, man. Appreciate you guys having me. It's been fun. Uh, hopefully some people got a shred of shred of, you know, advice on, on my, on my path, but I think you guys are killing it. So, um, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing everybody else that you guys have on the podcast moving forward. My man. Awesome. Thanks, Mike. It's been a pleasure.